0: Please take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Um, you know, growing up, the big, the big thing for me uh, was, was having certainty in what I believed. I know what things I was supposed to believe when I was growing up. I, you know, Again, I had people vying in different camps for my mind and for my heart, not understanding what direction uh, each one of them would take me. Uh, but, um, I was, uh, I had to go cut an oak tree down today after church and, uh, for my daughter. And as I was leaving one of the homes, it, it had a plaque and had like six things that they were for. And, uh, right in the middle of them, it says, uh, I believe in science, but all the other things that were on the plaque, I wouldn't have greeted for one second. Amen. I believe in science. Okay. Uh, most people couldn't give you, who say they believe in science, could not give you uh, a, a, a decent definition of what science is. Science is the ability, the ability to observe and to prove things happen. Many things are played off on us that are not science, but um, it was important to me growing up to know what I believed and why I believed it, and people give me evidence why I should believe that. And then there's, there, there was, a, you know, what is this going to do for my life? As a young person, you know, most things, because of our youthful lust, we, uh, we just want to pursue things that are going to make us happy, not knowing that, in most cases, the end of those things is tragedy. The end of those things is corruption, broken relationships, things like that. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, I just want to grab a verse out of here, and usually I, I stay with a passage Tonight I want to move around to three or four different places and talk about a topic tonight. It says, the Apostle Paul says to the, 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 the folks there at Ephesus, he says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's pray. Father, pray you're blessed tonight. Thank you for letting us meet here today. What an incredible thing that we get to call each other brother and sister. Dear God, as I, I preach from your word this morning, I really pray that we would look on things of others more than the things of ourselves. Uh, sometimes brothers and sisters don't treat each other properly, uh, but we should. And so I pray that. I pray we'd be more like you, dear Lord. And as we look at this, this spiritual warfare, just for a few minutes tonight, dear God, I pray you'd give us wisdom and insight of this battle that we we are part of in this world. I think a a battle that most Christians are oblivious to, dear Lord. But help us. Thank you for the folks who have returned tonight. I pray you bless the young people as they're having their meeting together right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Go ahead and flip in your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 2. I was there this morning. I was talking about uh, Satan in uh, chapter 3. And I um, just want to read a couple of verses for you. though. This is where the, the battle begins, the spiritual battle. I, I can't take you to all the places tonight. I can't take you to Revelations. I can't take you to places that uh, how Satan, uh, how hell was pre- created for Satan. Uh, the Bible talks about how when he left was cast from heaven, a third of the angelic beings were cast with him, decided to go with him. I always amaze when I look at the the Bible and I read it over and over again, the things I pick up, even though I've read a scripture many different times. In chapter 2, again, I won't go into it, but I I told you to turn there, but I won't read. But it talks about how in chapter 2, starting in in, in verse 8, it talks about how God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And I want you to notice when you look at the Bible, whether it's the building of the ark, it, it doesn't matter what the for instance is, there is such great detail when God describes what he does. He he talks about uh, the the sequence in which he does it. He, He talks about a lot of different things that, wow, if this is just a myth or a fable, boy, this is pretty detailed stuff. It goes on and says, And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground he made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight. And even today, after thousands of years of sin, So many beautiful things in this world. Good for food. The tree of life also was midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. I won't go into it, but it talks about four rivers and they're probably spring or some kind of aqueduct that feeds them. It gives some details to what the garden looked like before sin came into this world. It was a wonderful, wonderful place. And then uh, verse 21, I'm trying to be good tonight through verse 23, God gives Adam a woman, amen? And it was a great thing. It has to be a great thing because the Bible says it was a great thing. It was not good for man to be alone. Um, you know, and, and the, and, 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 but our text here, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, uh, I, I, I have never in the lifetime that I live, my experience here in America, I have not experienced Or it has not been, I have not had an awareness of this spiritual warfare. Now, when I preach, I I, I preach things that uh, correlate with history, with science, with prophecy. I'm always trying to give, especially our young people who are going to grow up in the church. I know they're going to be attacked by the lies that are out there, the deceits out there. I try to prepare them to help them understand why we believe what we believe. I also teach about the, uh, the warfare that we're going to have between our own flesh and the Spirit of God. And many times I don't spend a lot of time on this spiritual warfare that is in this world, but it's as real now as it's ever been. Uh, it's called here uh, spiritual wickedness, the last, pra- play, uh, last phrase, spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's what I want to focus on that part of it tonight, You know, in the Bible, as we look through the book of Acts, we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, we saw the uh, presence of demonics in people's lives. We find this presence, if if you'll pay attention, we find this presence in a place where God is not. Uh, uh, My experience with uh, these demonic presences and things that go on has been through missionaries in our church. Who have come back from these third world nations where there is no the Lord there is no Jesus Christ and we find people <clears throat> in idolatry we find people in witchcraft we see soothsayers and all these sorts of things I'm doing a, a message I'm working on of how how so much out like Israel is such a template of every other nation in the world what you see happen with them as that God they follow God and God blesses them and he exalts, like David said, he exalts them. Uh, but when they turn from God and find reasons to intermingle themselves with other civilizations and the junk that came out of those civilizations, we find the power of God diminishing in their lives. And them as a world power and a leader, things like that, uh, we find that they begin to have idolatry. They begin to have great immorality in their in their society they 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 have sodomy what we would call um, homosexuality today there are many things that we see in Israel that happens in other countries I see how one time England was such a great nation and they're absolutely nothing anymore they have false gods they have Hinduism Buddhism and again uh, pastor you know white being critical I'm not being critical I'm telling you the truth There has to be an awareness of what is truth and what is life. Truth has never changed. God loves everyone. And we've sent missionaries all over the world, churches like ours. And you know what? When the gospel comes to these places, it's amazing when the light of Jesus Christ comes into these villages and into these cities, how the light changes things. And you have the spiritual warfare going on. I've watched it my whole life. I didn't know what I was watching, but I was watching it the light against the darkness, the work of Christ, work against the, 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 the dynamic powers that are still in this world today. The the, uh, the occasions that we read in the Gospels and the Book of Acts, those same, same demonic powers are still in this world today. Again, I, I had the opportunity to go to the Orlando Science Center last night with some folks, and uh, I got to see uh, uh, Pompeii. I mean, I realized it was neat. I mean, there was stuff that they uncovered that, uh, that lava, that ash and everything. And there's all these instruments. I'll tell you about it one day. It, it was amazing to me how advanced those people were 2,000 years ago making glass products. Plates and bowls and things to pour. They had pharmaceuticals, all kinds of things. But in the midst of their cities, as they peeled it back, there was these, uh, these temples to their false gods. And I believe there are, many demonic powers behind those false gods because there is only one true God, and that is the Creator. And again, I appreciate the amens. We say amen, but the world is perplexed why we would, we would tout ourselves as the ones who have the truth, but the Bible reveals the truth. And we see Satan in chapter 3 of the same, the same Genesis, <coughs> the, the deceiver. He is Lucifer. He is the one who caused the fall of mankind. I touched on it this morning, how he offered offered to Adam and Eve to take the fruit. He deceived them. He offered them one more thing that they didn't have. They weren't satisfied with God. Uh, Remember, this was a couple who walked and had fellowship with God in the garden. Is that crazy? Is that crazy? And they did not trust his goodness. But I and you are the same way. We play, you ever play these little mind games, especially when you're growing up, you're 16 years old? <laughs> if I'd been in the garden, I wouldn't have done that. Anybody ever played that game before? Yeah. We do it all the time. You know, God tells us in his words simplistic things. Hey, I need you to do this, Daniel. I need you not to do this. I want you to do this because this will be good for you and other people. I don't want you to do this because this will be detrimental to you and those all around you tells me these things. And I get them flip-flopped. I, Paul did too. He said, the things I'm supposed to do, I don't do. And know what he said? The things I'm not supposed to do, I got this roaring battle not to do them. Yeah, we're just like Adam and Eve, knowing who God is and his goodness to us, and, and, and believing a lie and chasing things. But I, notice in chapter 3, Satan in one form or another, I'm going to use, I'm uncertain a little bit, I'll be honest with you. There's some other occasions, I'm going to show you four occasions real quick here tonight, where Satan either manipulates or enters in to someone or something to do his work. I, again, I've not been around, but i gonna tell you what, when we got the, we got the, Muslim mosque and we got the Buddhist temple and we got the Hindu thing over here and all this other stuff we got witch. it is amazing to me how people who believe in witchcraft have no problem putting a bumper sticker on their car saying I'm a witch. They're more proud than it's amazing. That when these missionaries take this light of the gospel into these darkest places where there's witch doctors and the witch doctor gets saved and, the, and the, the whole city is transformed and we got spires, we got churches, we have monstrosity of churches, we have bell towers all over this city and it doesn't seem like it makes a difference. I'm telling you, we're not doing what the missionaries are doing. We're not preaching what they're preaching. We're not teaching them to be, we're teaching people to be different like they're teaching people to be different and come out of sin. I'm telling you, we got dead churches in this city right here. There are plenty of churches. And Satan manipulates the serpent, enters into the serpent, and beguiles and deceives Adam and Eve. Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 5. I try almost every time I preach to get the gospel because you never know who's listening. You never know who's around here or watching at home on live stream. In uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Moses is after the flood. Probably, I'm thinking probably seven, eight hundred years after the flood where God starts all over. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude or the likeness of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. <laughs> That's the Lord Jesus, amen? But not, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead. That's me and you, men. The Bible says in Ephesians, we are dead in our trespasses, And in our sins, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sin entered into this world when Adam and Eve uh, were deceived, did not trust the goodness of God, and disobeyed God. And that sin has been... Put upon us from generation to generation. But God has given us the opportunity to believe on his holy name. Look at Isaiah chapter 13. I want to give you a couple of verses tonight. Something, something to chew on. If you're a student of God's word, then maybe you'll go home and look at this. Maybe throughout the week you'll find time. In chapter 13, and, and, and here timing is everything. I wish I had a, a, a something on the screen tonight. I don't have something. In Isaiah chapter 13, Isaiah... And Jeremiah are prophets before Israel goes into Babylonian captivity. Do you understand that? So Isaiah and Jeremiah are prophesying to Israel, repent and turn of your sin or you're going to go into captivity. But in that prophecy, prophesying and preaching turn from your sin, they prophesy some things that are going to happen. One of these things in chapter 13 is the destruction of Babylon. The, the, the falling of Babylon. The irony is that Babylon is not in its greatness yet. Probably the world leader at that time were the Assyrians that were north of Israel. They had come in and captured the northern tribes of Israel. So the prophecy is prophesying about someone who's not even the world power. Then in verse chapter 14, uh, it says, and we'll begin reading, uh, let me see here. Look at verse 4. <clears throat> Well, let's look at verse 1. Man, I'm trying to look at time and move here. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, that is Israel. When you see that word Jacob, it's talking about Israel. It's saying, and will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land, and the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave unto the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids, goes on and on and on. They're going to be delivered. Look in verse 4. Thou shalt, for that thou shalt take up this proverb. Here's the proverb that's going to be said against Babylon, great Babylon, against the king of Babylon, and say, how hath the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased. God is talking about how this morning I referred in Daniel chapter 4. 150 years later, here's Isaiah prophesying. 150 years later, Babylon's going to be the world power. 150 years later, uh, uh, Israel's going to be captives in Babylon. They brought Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all the best of the Israelites to strengthen their hand. And, uh, And so here they are, 150 years out, prophesying that. And then look in verse... Verse 10, And they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worm shall cover thee. And we know exactly that's what happened. We know that Babylon would be destroyed. We know later on the Medes and Persians will come and overtake them. But look at verse 12. This is an unusual thing. Here it is talking about Babylon, great Babylon, who's not great yet. It's Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4 of Daniel. What's this. Isaiah and Jeremiah are prophets talking about how Israel's is going to go into captivity if they don't turn back to God. Talks about how Babylon's going to take them, how the king and Babylon's going to be destroyed one day. Chapter 4 of Daniel, you have which Daniel, Ezekiel and Daniel, later on, are the prophets in the captivity. And they talk about how Nebuchadnezzar was eating grass like a wild beast. This morning I talked to you about how, how Nebuchadnezzar knew that God was the God of the universe after he got his mind back, after he got sane again. We know that his grandson, Belshazzar, will be the one that will be destroyed uh, later on. But look in verse 12. <laughs> Here's where I'm going. This, I got there the long way, Amen. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting old. You ever talk to old people? They'll tell you what they ate that morning to tell you what they're going to do. Seven hours. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Amen. I've become one. Amen. Look at verse 12. How art there fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Well, hold it. But if you look at the text, the text is talking about Babylon. The text is talking about of the king, the prideful king. But here it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou didst say in thine heart, I will send into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I'm telling you, throughout history and even today, satanic powers, like it says in Ephesians, uh, wickedness in high places has either, either controlled leaders or manipulated leaders in this world that we live in. But you know what? And that would scare you to death if you didn't know who God was. Don't bother me at all. There is a time in my life where I might hear it, listen to a Bible prophecy teacher teach these things, expound these things, and sit in the pew and be terrified as young man. But I belong to God, and I ain't worried about it. If suffering's the lot in my life that God has for me, a lot of good Christians have suffered in this world and are still suffering in this world. Our biggest problem as Christians is, what are we going to eat tonight after church is over? You know, I wonder if the, sh- the, 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 uh, the cruise ships are going to be running soon, the virus is over, so we can take our holiday trip. Am I telling the truth or am I telling the truth? We are more concerned the church, the churches in this city are not doing the work of God. Because when the light moves in, the darkness recedes. I'm telling you, wherever I've seen it in my lifetime with missionaries and others, being the church means sharing the gospel, drawing people to saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see, we see this reference here. Turn to the book of Ezekiel. Remember, Isaiah and Jeremiah are before they precede this Babylonian captivity. Ezekiel and Daniel are during the captivity. Ezekiel does the same thing here. In chapter, um, I'm trying to think what chapter, chapter 26, you have the beginning of... Uh, uh, something, it said that Tyre or Tyrus is going to be stro- destroyed. Uh, Tyre or Tyrus, Tyre and Sid were on the coast of Israel. They were over on the Mediterranean Sea. These were Phoenician people. Uh, people, man, how many of you have heard of Hiram under Solomon who went and got the, the cedars of Lebanon and brought to build the temple? Hiram was from that place. How many of you, I knew you heard this one, how many of you have heard the wife of Ahab? Jezebel, Jezebel, Jezebel was from this place right here. They they were their masters of the sea. They had a king that was just like Nebuchadnezzar. And the problem thing, Babylon, Tyre, many of these these, uh, uh, countries around them, these nations around them, were persecuting God's people. I'm telling you what, I don't care if they ain't doing right. I don't want to raise my hand to God's people. It is amazing to me when Israel was, before Isaiah and Jeremiah, when Israel was being disobedient to God, he used Assyria, the Bible says, to be his whipping or his rod of judgment or chastening against Israel. But then later on, he punished them for touching Israel. Just telling you. Um, look here in Ezekiel chapter 26. It talks about, I don't have time to read it, it talks about how Tyre is going to be destruction. Destroyed Tyre and Sire are two cities there. Tyre or Tyrus is that, that, that the greatest city, that capital city. And then flip over to chapter 28, chapter 26, 27, lead in uh, to chapter 28. I'm trying to think, for time's sake, where we read here. Let's go ahead and skip, um, look in verse uh, 1. The, the word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince, Of Tyrus, thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of God. It's incredible. We've seen this. We we see this uh, throughout history. We see an Adolf Hitler. We see a Mussolini. We see different people who try to overtake the world. He goes on, In the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man and not God. Thou, though thou set thine heart, as the heart of God. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that can be hide from thee. You remember how God used Daniel in this Babylon? He, he revealed to him incredible wisdom. This guy said, I'm smarter than Daniel. I am powerful. I am like God. That's what he said to himself. Look in uh, verse 5. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches and thy heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, he goes on, he says, your, your, your end is coming. But then look over in verse 13. Inserted again is this reference to Satan. Look at verse 13. Thou hast been in, the Eden, in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone, he goes and talks about what it was like there. He goes on, the last part he says, was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Now here's something a little bit different here. He, 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 he's, he's talking about these kings and how they've exalted themselves to be like God, to know the things of God. But here he talks about Satan. This king of Tyre was not created, he was born. Verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth this is certainly talking about Lucifer or Satan. And I have set thee also, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. In the next verse, he's called the cherub that covereth. This is what Satan was like before he exalted himself. This morning I talked about pride and humility. This is the root sin of every sin, to exalt oneself instead of humbling oneself before God, loving ourselves more than we love God. And then lastly, turn to John chapter 13. You can go home, do what you want with these. Now here's the thing. I hate when people, I hate when people, I think it's unhealthy when people Obsess on certain, certain things in the Scripture. The guys that, that used to go to five guys after church with me on a Wednesday night, there'd be about eight of us, and we'd be listening to tunes and trying to name the tune, and these guys, they were spiritual. I mean, the guys I hung out were spiritual, man. I'd be down here eating my fries and my greasy hamburger and getting a little closer to Jesus with every clogged artery, whatever, They'd be down there arguing about this and that. I remember one argument was um, uh, one guy was saying I, a lot of weight and fewer reps. Another guy go, no more reps and lighter weights. I said, let's put them together. Fewer weights and fewer reps. That's what I like. That's what I'm going for right there. Okay. But they would get in these spiritual discussions, and I'm t- I i do not know how they always ended up in Revelation. They always end up when the Rapture was and what was going to happen. And they'd look down and they go, What do you think, preacher? And I'd wipe the mayonnaise off my mouth. And I'd go, I really don't care. You can't even get Christians to obey the things they know to do, much less the things they don't know to do. That was my profound answer. I I just don't want I want I just want to a little I thought tonight, just playing off this morning, Satan's working in this world. Listen, if you if you look, if you look, what exalted these guys? It was their riches, it was their wisdom, it was their power. What was the thing that God warned Moses and Joshua and the nation of Israel when they went into the promised land? He said, when I prosper you, when I give you uh, buildings you didn't, houses you didn't build to live in, when I give you avengers that you did not plant, when I give you all of this and you prosper, he said, don't forget the Lord and they forgot the Lord. There's just something about us. We did it, and we ain't done nothing. I'm lucky to draw my next breath with the help of God. I mean, I, every day I am humbled that God even tolerates us. I sing how bad the world is now. How bad must the the world been at the time of Noah where he said, I'm over it. Incredible. Look at this in John chapter 13. And look at verse, we'll begin reading verse 21. This will be our last scripture. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit. This is near the end where Jesus is going to the cross. He's there with his disciples and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. I was reading a, a little note today that uh, the oldest portion of scripture that I know of, maybe you could help me with this, Brother Vance, is uh, they dated AD 66, I'm not sure. And it's somewhere in this scripture right here, and it fits the text of the Bible that I use. I like that. Some of you didn't get that, but I like that. Verse 23, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. then he, he then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Listen is some kind of scripture. Listen to this next verse. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou, do, thou that thou doest do quickly. I'm telling you, Satan is working in this world. He's working back then, and he's still working today, whether we're paying attention or not. I don't know if, if it's... We, we, as missionaries, I, I would hear the story of missionaries, and you would hear possessions of people being possessed by demons. You'd hear a lot of talk about uh, 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 witch doctors and things like that in the villages or whatever. But I'm telling you, Ephesians says, there's spiritual wickedness in high places. Just like these these arrogant kings, Satan was either in them or certainly influencing them to uh, to do the bidding and the work of Satan. Both of these nations, I will point out, raised their hands against God's people, the Jewish people. Just a thought for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, your precious word, it is such a simple book, dear God. All we need to do is be obedient to it. There are a lot of things to be studied, and I don't think these things should be, become a something that we write all the time into the ground. We should rightly divide the word of truth. We should Those things that are important, we should practice. And those things that are just about knowledge shake, let them be knowledge. But dear God, I pray that We'd be students of your word, that we love your word and have awareness of the spiritual battle that we're in. You say in the book of 1 John that the problems we have is with our own flesh, with this world, or the philosophy of this world, and Satan, the one who raised himself up to you and wanted to be like the Most High God. This morning we saw the example of Adam and Eve. They were promised to be as gods dear God, I'm just thankful to be your humble servant. How blessed I am that you would forgive me and call me your dear child. May that always be enough for me, dear God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.